Grace be to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1 for an opening passage of Scripture. And we will look at several verses in the first three chapters of Acts. We want to remember the gift and the perpetuity of the Spirit of God with His people and the Word of God. The Spirit and the Word are two things, two facts, that you ought to always keep together in your mind. The Spirit and the Word. The one without the other is not nearly as valuable as the two of them together. The Spirit teaches us by His Word, and without His Word we wouldn't know the truth about the Spirit. And the two go together well, and we will end this day in a few hours, by seeing a prophecy in the last two verses of Isaiah 59 about the Spirit and the Word never departing from us, nor our children, nor our children's children, by God's perpetuity of His kingdom in the earth. A few weeks ago, we looked at Isaiah 53, and the last verse of Isaiah 53, which I love dearly, begins with a therefore and draws a conclusion from what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. God spoke in the first person in Isaiah 53, 12, and said that he would divide Jesus Christ a portion with the great, and then Jesus Christ would divide that bounty and booty and spoil of war with the strong. And so let's look at Acts 1 and see this take place. 1,990 years ago, a great event took place that we never want to forget, and that's what took place on the day of Pentecost. It was one of the transcendent events in the history of the world, and it changed things forever. So for 1,990 years, we've had the blessings of what took place at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, And being assembled together with them, this is the Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. There's the promise of the Father from Isaiah 53, 12 and many other places that Jesus taught repeatedly, especially John chapters 14 through 16. And here it's about to be fulfilled and one week before Pentecost, this is one week before Pentecost, 
Jesus tells his apostles to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. So let's come to Acts chapter 2 and see what happened not many days hence, one week later. The first four verses of Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. What a change took place on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. They all had something to say. They all had something very good to say. They all had the gospel to preach. And it's described just a few verses later. They were describing the mighty works of God and the mighty acts of God. And the mightiest acts of God are the salvation that he worked through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this chapter, let's move down to verse 33, where the apostle Peter is drawing a conclusion from his sermon. Acts 2.33, Therefore, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter preached, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. God gave the Holy Spirit to Jesus. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to us. Isaiah 53.12, being fulfilled. Verse 34, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Notice in verse 33, we begin with a therefore, and notice in verse 36, we begin with a therefore, as Peter is drawing conclusions about the ministry and purpose and salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gift of the Holy Ghost. God gave the Holy Spirit to Jesus, he divided the spoil with the strong, and the Lord Jesus Christ divided it with the great. And then notice that the promise in verse 39, the promise of the Spirit is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. The first two phrases, the promise is unto you and to your children, fulfill Isaiah 59 and verse 21. The next phrase fulfills Isaiah 56, 
from last Lord's Day about us Gentiles being included because we were far off from Israel. Now chapter 3. Remember, Pentecost and what is written in Acts chapter 2 took place in the morning. It was the third hour of the day, Peter said. It was 9 a.m. Now we're moving to 3 p.m. in the afternoon on one of the greatest days in the history of the world. And we come to the last two verses of Acts chapter 3. Verse 25. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. In Isaiah 59 and verse 20, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion and shall turn away iniquity from his people. This is the fulfillment of it. I want the word of God to be tied together in your minds and tied together in your hearts so that you can appreciate the fulfillment of these prophecies of Isaiah. Let us pray. Our Holy Father in heaven, we bless and we praise thee. O Father, we thank thee that thou art the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for his determined work on the cross of laying down his life for us and bearing the sin of many and being numbered with the transgressors, you divided the spoil of the Holy Spirit with him and he in turn shared it and divided it with his church. We thank thee for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank thee for these words of fulfillment in Acts, the first three chapters, that fulfill the promise of the Father that Jesus had often spoken of to his apostles. We thank thee, Lord of glory, who wast, who art, and who shall ever be, for the Spirit that walks among the seven golden candlesticks through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we thank thee for our Savior. And Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that by Your Spirit You filled those apostles with that glorious message, and they preached it everywhere and turned the world upside down. And we thank Thee that we, who are afar off, far off from the commonwealth of Israel, are brought nigh by the blood of Christ and come to the same understanding as they by the preaching of the gospel and by the Spirit of the living God. We thank Thee that through Thy Son Thou hast given us Thy presence to be with us today. And though we be spread abroad in this city of Greenville and this county and in counties surrounding us, we thank Thee that by Thy Spirit we can have one heart and one mind and one voice praising Thee this day. O Heavenly Father, let the word of God have free course and be glorified here and abroad. Let all your preachers be blessed by the power of the Holy Ghost to stand in their pulpits and to raise the gospel trumpet and to blast away and show your people their sins. Let us see from Isaiah and the 58th chapter 
that what you seek is pure religion and undefiled before thee, and to keep ourselves unspotted from iniquity. But you do not look for ordinances as much as you do for character and conduct, as we saw you measuring the eunuchs and the Gentiles in the 56th chapter. Blessed God, bring these words with all due power to the minds and hearts of thy people, that they will be convicted of them and convinced of them and persuaded by them this day. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that when there was no intercessor, when there was no Savior, when there was no Deliverer, you took matters into your own hands and raised up a standard against the enemy. And we thank thee for the glorious verses that describe your great work for your church of the Old Testament. And we thank thee for the great work you have done through our leader and commander in the New Testament. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are gathered together in his name. We are united, though separate physically, in his glorious name and by his Spirit. Be with us now. Heavenly Father, save us from foolish thinking. Save us from wandering minds. Save us from the lusts of our flesh. Strengthen us by your Spirit in the inner man, that we would be prepared and fit ground for the preaching of thy word. These things we ask, confessing our sins, confessing our sinfulness, and asking you to have pure mercy on us through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray, and amen.